We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, Muscarellies. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Emma. It's Kate. What the fuck's up, bestie? Um, so many things I feel like are up. Um, happy daylight savings, by the way. Um, it is now uh depression season, if you want to call it that. Yeah, um, I'm planning on going on a somber walk at sunset today, which what, what is it like four o'clock? It'll be yeah, like literally 3 p.m. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get back on my crazy 2019 shit where I wake up really early. So I attempted that today since I was up early. I didn't even process it was daylight savings, as if I have a clock in my apartment that I need to <laughs> physically turn back. Like my parents texted me that and I was like, Do you know your daughter? I barely had a table in my apartment for four months and you think I have a fucking clock? Um, so I woke up and I have been having knee pain. I haven't been able to run for like three days or do anything. Going upstairs, I haven't even been able to do. And I tried to run two minutes in, failed. So I city biked and went on a walk and I was just like, this is misery, this is hell. But it motivated me to pretend that I am a holistic wellness god and I'm gonna get on some cooking and baking bullshit today. How about you, Emma? That's fun. Um, I am kind of recovering from my like crazy adventurous yeah, day. Um, the boy that I'm still seeing, uh, he actually listened to the <laughs> shout out that I gave him in the last episode and he didn't mind that I called him my king. So my king, he also <laughs> joked that I'm like the girl boss and he's like a boy boss. So, um, he, we drove up to the Bronx, you know, we're silly and random and the true little Italy then we came back on down to Manhattan, had some drinks at like 7 p.m. They were playing queen. We were like the youngest and the only people really at the bar. It was kind of random. And then we went to a diner, ate some really fucked up food. And that was my weird day. Yeah, you ate a lot of interesting things. Yeah, things that definitely kind of go against everything that I stand for. But, (laughs) you know, for the memories, for the memories, for the memories is what I'm telling myself. I do have chin acne now because of the dairy that I consumed. Um, so that's fun for me, but yeah, I've been, chin acne, I've been having chin acne regardless of what I do. I'm really at my last straw. I'm going to go rub some sea moss on it. Honestly, at this point, I'm desperate. When in doubt, rub some sea moss. Um, I discovered that I really, really like the Everlane, um, exercise yeah. line. So girlies, if you're looking for some new activewear, I recommend checking that out. I also met a sea moss girly when I went to Everlane. Her name's Elaine. Um, if you're listening, hello. I was kind of like flabbergasted and like didn't really know what to say when you said hello to me and I like wasn't able to articulate words, but regardless, was nice to meet you. Love. 
Yeah, I, I was, I've been in a depression little shithole recently. Um, so I have been in my bodysuit era. I've decided, you know, body dysmorphia girlies. I think I've pinpointed why I have body dysmorphia. Thanks to TikTok, everyone thinks I'm 5'3". And it's because I'm very proportional. So I've learned like most people that are very tall have really long legs, you know, volleyball players, athletes, models, whatever. I have very short legs for my body. I was, when I was home, I was standing next to my sister, who's like five, seven, five, eight. Sorry, Elizabeth, I slandered you there. And I'm six feet tall and my hips were at the same place that hers hips started. So like I got short legs and it makes me look so weird. And that's why I hate my body. And so I finally realized that like body suits help me because I have a long as fuck torso. So I may have found a temporary cure to my crisis. I still am in crisis mode, but that is my new obsession. Um, happy for you with your Everlane. If they made a bodysuit, I'd go get it. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely intrigued by the bodysuits. Um, but if- we have a we have a big week coming up. We've got yeah. a live podcast next week. God, who fucking knows? So I think we should. I was t- going to talk to you this off pod. We'll say to the listeners now they can give them our feedback. So we're going to have the live conversation at the Alchemist Kitchen. You know, the 24 of you that have already RSVP'd, the way that it sold out before we even like popped the link up. Whoopsie. Sorry, we're too busy being girl bosses. Um, it's limited capacity just because the space is like small. So, you know, we'd love to have trillions of you guys. I'm sure there's millions of people wanting to hear Emma and I talk about Ashwagandha, but I mean, who wouldn't? Alas. Um, we'll air the podcast, but I think we should do a little bit of like us talking before the show, being like like hyping each other up in the backstage. And then after Emma and I are going to go have a CEO dinner, meaning that we like act like we're each other's like dates and go mm-hmm. somewhere. Um, have we decided where we're going to go? Um, we were kind of thinking about Balthazar. I looked and like, literally, I think like all reservations are taken up, but you know, we can maybe just stroll in. I'm also like, we do best when we eat at like the most like cursed dingy establishments. Yeah. So it could be one of those, but we haven't decided, but the CEO dinner, I'm sure you guys will somehow, um, get photos of. We should go to like a Chinese buffet, like in Times Square. Actually. Yeah, (laughs) we should. I don't know what fuck lower Manhattan we're midtown girlies now yeah I want to like wear something that is not that is like a downtown quote outfit uptown you know yeah wait we should do like an upper east side upper west side I was about to say that yeah let's be really with old people we only like that's where we belong those are our people yeah okay we'll do some brainstorming of like the most pretentious places obviously pretentious what's the one like steakhouse uptown it's like there's like a really famous steakhouse I think that's been around like forever not no Nobu's a sushi place um I don't remember what it's called but I want to do like some like kind of like quintessential establishment or just like some crazy like effed up like Chinese buffet yeah let's 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 either do high range low range I think we should do something weird uptown and then Um, somehow walk all the way downtown to Manhattan that'll be fun but yeah mad steps you know Emma tweeted this yesterday. November is a crazy month, guys. Podcast live event. My birthday. Emma's birthday. Thanksgiving. Birth of the podcast. My new favorite month, I guess. Yeah, I literally said November is CEO month. Um, and we know, I know there's a few CMOS girlies who also have their birthdays in November. So shout out to you guys. Um, if you don't have your birthday in November, I'm sorry. That must suck for you. You're missing out. Yeah. 
you're not spiritually aligned with Emma and Mai's um, routines. Just, you know, sorry, your parents were not conceiving at the same times as ours, I guess. Uh, unfortunately. Um, well, that doesn't bring us today's show, but <laughs> we're going to make it get there. We're talking about oil today. We're talking about olive oil. We're talking about canola oil, inflammation. Oil. This was actually my dad's idea. He was like, Emma, you guys should do a podcast episode on oil. Because he was talking about how he has gotten into cod liver oil. Mm. but he hasn't been able to find it locally and he's like you guys should really do an episode on oil and I was like you know what dad you're right because I think there is a lot to talk about with oil and also with like you know the right type of olive oil to get the different health benefits etc palm oil you know you name it you know the stuff wow we didn't even put like flax oil and fish cod oil in here no we just kind of kept it to the basics um also girlies if you don't know we've said this in many podcasts but like emma and i researched the shit for these episodes like research the shit out of these episodes and we have a google drive folder that is crazy one day we should do like a maybe i'll do like an instagram story like behind the scenes because we have folders within folders within folders in google drive like episode merch design secret stuff um business decks like all this stuff so it's funny because I'm scrolling through this like lengthy document that we're going to get into one podcast episode. So shout out to us. Literally shout out to us. Um, but yeah, we will call each other back and we will get right into oils. So besties, get your notebooks out and we hope you enjoyed the episode. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That oil episode. I don't know the title yet, so that's not it. Okay, introduction to oil. So the way that I was born and raised, like my mom was definitely a low-fat, she fell for the low-fat diet craze in the 1990s. Like a lot of people restricted oils, um, fats in general. That was like the way that you were going to like lose weight and be healthy. And like, we'll get into the lobbying and kind of why that became so prevalent in American marketing and the American diet. But you guys also know we make memes about like high carb, low fat veganism. So oil has been a a fear food for me for a while, but I eat it now for like, you know, a little bit over a year. But it's depending on what how you were raised culturally, um, what media you're exposed to, you might have a weird relationship with oil like us. Yeah, I also I think like growing up, I didn't think much about oil, honestly, like my mom definitely cooked with it. We definitely just like utilized it and everything that we like, you know, cooked at home. Um, but I definitely think I became like super hyper aware of like oil, mainly just like the calories that come in oil just because of like high carb, low fat. And they were like, you guys are going to gain fat if you consume fat, blah, 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 which obviously is like bullshit now. And that had like a lot of like damaging 
and like ripple effects on me. And like, I know so many other people, but yeah, I definitely have warmed up to oil. I use it pretty much daily Mm -hmm. and yeah, I'm no longer afraid of it, but you know, it does take time to overcome those fears. Yeah. And I think mentally what has helped me get back with oil is that like eating disorder stuff is not really about like a food you're scared of. It's more like the behavior behind it. Like if you are start eating oil, you're probably just going to be scared of a new food, like not scared of a new food. I don't want to say that you're never going to like outlast your eating disorder, but, or like you're, you will progress obviously, but I've been scared of peanut butter. I've been scared of bananas. I've been scared of potatoes. I've been like, you will find a new food to be scared of. And so like, if oil is your fear food right now, like just start slowly introducing it as you can. And we're here to talk about the benefits of it today. So the types of oil, I think this is the most important because sometimes I go to the grocery store and I'm like, what, why are there so fucking many? Like, what do I cook with? What do I use? Like, how do, what are some certifications I need? And I know that's a lot of what you guys were asking about in Geneva. Um, So this one big thing about oil is like the smoke point, which you've probably heard. So the higher the fat of an oil, um, the more cooking methods you can use it for. So oils are typically extracted from nuts and seeds through a process of crushing and pressing, which has changed throughout history of like how mechanical and like efficient it is. So if, a, if oil is bottled immediately after, that would be a cold pressed raw oil or a virgin oil. So that's retaining its natural flavor and color. Many refined or many unrefined oils are often packed with minerals, enzymes, other compounds. So these things like don't play well with heat. They're going to be pretty susceptible to becoming rancid really fast. And that's why you typically hear like these oils that are the virgin oils, they should be best for drizzling in a salad, a dressing and lower temperature cooking. Because if you do heat like an oil past its smoke point, the fat starts to break down, releases free radicals, which you've probably like heard about generally like your free radical exposure and like a chemical substance that kind of makes your food taste bad. So it's not only a health thing, but chefs also like religiously follow smoke points because food will not taste good if you do not abide by the smoke points. Now, something that's interesting that a lot of people like ask about in Geneva is like, what is an extra virgin olive oil? Like I've always, you know, just heard that off the top of my head, but I never knew. Um, it's made from pure cold pressed olives, whereas regular olive oil is a blend from cold press and processed. So it's not like one, I mean, extra virgin is going to be like the peak healthiest one you can have, but that's like the difference. That's not that like severe of a difference. And then what is expeller oil? Like you'll see that on packaging maybe for foods, like high like sunflower expeller oil. Like on, I feel like on granola bars or more processed foods, I guess. Um, expeller basically means like it's an expeller pressing. So it presses and squeezes the oil out of the seed rather than using chemicals. And the cold pressed seed oils, once again, are like this unrefined process. And it's just like a pure form of the natural nut or seed that it's coming from. So this gets into the different types of oil. So these, we're just going to talk about a few. So extra virgin olive oil, olive oil has been around for literally thousands of years in the human's diet. It's rich in antioxidant vitamin E and a various amount of like health promoting properties from the polyphenols. So it protects your heart, anti-diabetes properties. Like you could go down a rabbit hole listing all the health benefits of olive oil. One thing that's interesting is it also promotes the flow of bile, which is a necessary step for our ability to digest fats and prevent constipation. So that's why we've made memes about this. Like, oh no, my veggies didn't have a fat source on them. Like that, it helps break down the food for you. So you are able to process and actually gain nutrition from whatever you're eating. The next one is coconut oil. 
So coconut oil contains about 90% saturated fat, which makes it very heat stable. It's used in a lot of like baking recipes. I'm sure if you're a sea musk girl, you're aware. Coconut oil though, often gets a bad rap from people that are like in, I feel like maybe like fitness or like low fat communities. Cause they're like, it is so much saturated fat. It's going to kill you. But a lot of that is just like been debunked over time and like new health trends will kind of like come out with like fear mongering um, about different foods that are now buzzy. So coconut oil contains medium chain triglycerides, which you've probably heard about in health wonky podcasts. And these are like fatty acids that are going to help your body produce energy. It also has antifungal, antibacterial, and antiviral properties. So it will keep you healthy, immune wise. And then avocado oil is the last one. So technically this is a seed oil. We're going to get into seed oils later, but this is like a good seed oil, like I would say relatively. And it has about 70% oleic acid, which is a monosaturated fat. That's good for the heart. Um, so it's basically like, I would say the health benefits of avocado oil relate mostly to like heart disease and like fighting your bad cholesterol and raising your good cholesterol. Yeah. And then the next is MCT oil, which is a type of saturated fat and it is mainly derived from coconut oil. So it is the top source from coconut oil and with coconut oil, about 62 to 65% of saturated fat comes from the MCT. So if you just are buying like regular MCT oil, it's just going to be a more concentrated form because coconut oil contains again, like other medium chain chain triglycerides and other like saturated fats. Um, but MCT oil, I think it's like really, really popular in like the keto community, especially that's kind of how I discovered it from like the biohacking men. Yeah. Um, but with medium chain triglycerides, it basically, these are easier for your body to absorb since there is, since it requires less work for the body to do, to break down the carbon bonds versus like a long chain fatty acid. And so because of this, your body can digest it more easily. And then this like MCT oil will then get sent straight to the liver where it will then have like a thermogenic effect and thus kind of positively alter your metabolism and like boosting your metabolism again that's kind of like why I think it is popular in keto the keto world because your body is using it and bringing it as fuel as opposed to like storing it as fat and it is then turned into ketones faster which is like again the main source for energy for energy for those who do follow a ketogenic diet and MCT oil is kind of like has like supposed health benefits of helping with like energy mood and performance and that's largely because our brain is mostly made up of fatty acids. So we kind of are always going to need like a steady stream to help us feel our best and not feel like any sort of like mental fog. And it also has been shown to help balance bacteria in the gut microbiota, which again has like ripple effects in all areas of our health, such as better absorption of minerals, energy expenditure, et cetera. And this kind of all ties back to like, yeah, what Kate was talking about in coconut oil. And then next is ghee. Granted, this isn't like an oil, but I do think it is like, a good like healthy like fat source to consider and ghee is a staple in like the Indian and Pakistani cultures for thousands of years and it's also utilized in like Ayurveda like um, medicine and so kind of like what is the difference between ghee and butter so ghee is like a clarified butter and so it's going to be more concentrated in fat than butter as the milk solids in the water has been completely removed And I think like a lot of people, if you, you know, are vegan or like vegetarian or just like don't consume dairy, you're probably like, well, why would you eat geeks? Like, isn't that dairy? Isn't that butter? But it is going to be completely free of like the lactose, which is the milk sugar and the casein, which is like milk protein, which is generally found in butter and other dairy products. So people who are sensitive to butter or dairy can likely get away with consuming ghee. And so this is kind of why I consume ghee because I know that like 
I'm just like not at the point where it's like I really want to consume dairy, nor do I feel like I like need to, but I do enjoy kind of like the taste of ghee and some of like the health benefits that it does have. So it's like nice to be able to consume that um without having to worry about like your body freaking the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Um and ghee was actually originally created to prevent butter from spoiling during the warmer months, fun fact. But ghee, it's known for having a high smoke point, so it won't get damaged as easily. Again, as like Kate was talking about, different oils are going to have different smoke points. And so it will produce less of a toxic compound, which is called acrylamide versus like other seed oils or other oils that have a lower smoke point. And ghee may help reduce an, um, gut inflammation. And this is because of the high butyric acid, which is a short chain fatty acid. And this is linked to lower levels of inflammation and can improve digestion. Then it's also a great source of vitamin E and A. So it'll help with like maintaining eye and skin health. And also it's just rich in omega-3s, which again can reduce inflammation and promote heart health. Um, I use ghee a lot, actually. It's probably like one of the top like fat sources that I do use while cooking. Um, so I do, I do recommend. And then we kind of wanted to touch on how to choose the correct olive oil, because I definitely have heard a lot of podcasts kind of talk about like, not all extra virgin olive oils are like created equal, like some are like, you know, fake and not real. Um, so there's actually a book written by this guy named Tom Mueller, which I think is kind of how all this got surfaced and it's called extra virginity the sublime and scandalous world of olive oil basically just kind of talks about the dark and shady business of olive oil. And really like not all olive oils are going to be created equal. And there is like kind of like a lack of regulations. So a lot of, you know, companies can kind of get away with, you know, making claims that like, oh, this is like hundred percent, like, you know, cold press olive oil, but also it's like, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of olive oils actually on the market can be, and will be cut with hydrogenated seed oils. This will be like your canola, hazelnut, and sunflower oil. So it's not going to be a pure olive oil. And also olive oil should never come in a plastic or clear bottle as it's photosensitive because olive oil does have a chlorophyll content, which gives it that green hue. So light can easily break down the oil and accelerate oxidation and make it go rancid. So olive oil is really sensitive in that regard. And then again, your olive oil should always be extra virgin because again, as Kate mentioned, Um, it will be, this means that it's cold pressed and it will contain the most benefits, largely the polyphenols that are present in the olive oil as, um, yeah, the oil is then derived from like the first pressing of olives, as Kate mentioned, and olive oil should also only really be used for low temperature cooking and olive oil does have like so many incredible, like heart health benefits. There's also been like shown to like potentially reduce the risk of Alzheimer's and it can also help in like repair the blood brain barrier. And so many, um, health practitioners that I have listened to have kind of mentioned and like almost like treating olive oil, like a supplement and like a, you know, a major, like, you know, health, like superfood. I know like that word kind of gets tossed around a lot. So I think, you know, really when it comes to, you know, certain things like an olive oil or yeah, like your supplements, definitely just kind of being hyper aware of like what you're purchasing, because if you are seeking to get the best benefits of it, you should be going out and purchasing like the highest quality and really treating it as a supplement as opposed to like, you know, this is just like some random thing that I'm going to use all the time. Uh, if you want to actually obtain the most benefits. Yeah. And I think like I was saying, I think that's like a mental thing that can help you too. If you are like this fear of oil where like, 
you know, if you're I'm trying to think of other supplements you could take that could be like triggering, like if you're taking like a fish oil pill, like that yeah, is really like flaxseed oil. Yeah. Um, I guess like chlorophyll, not really, but I think that's just a way to like treat it more. Like I was saying, it's like a health food to get you kind of over the mental hurdle that it's like, you're just thinking about it as calories. Like it, it's so much more than that. And I think that's the difficult thing with like food and recovery that you don't really see food for the nutrition you're getting. It's more just like calories, good, bad. I am skinny fat. I am this, that, you know, based on what I eat and how much I eat and how little I eat. So we're going to get into now the history of vegetable oils. So growing up, I feel like we always had canola oil everywhere and like in my kitchen. And I didn't know if that was a Midwest thing or if it was like a convenience thing. Oh no, we fully had like the Heinz, like vegetable oil, just like sitting in our cupboard, like year round. Yeah. And I've only recently become conscious of like the, like how prevalent it is and that there's some issues with it. And obviously like the health, the health gurus of violently hate like vegetable oils and like they get such a bad rap in the community. And so I wanted to look into this more from like a historical lens of like, why do we subsidize this? Or like, it's kind of like the episode we did about, um, like the history of the like, American diet and stuff, like stuff becomes popular because politics, because industry, there's lobbying, there's marketing. So that's kind of why vegetable oils have this place in restaurants and in our diet and grocery stores. So the main three that people think of when you hear of vegetable oils are probably going to be soybean, canola, corn oil. Now there are things like hazelnut oil, like Emma mentioned, but these are the big like three that are like the industrial side of it. And so what the process is of making them, it's these oils are extracted from things like soybeans, corn, and rapeseed, which is the source of canola oil. And it was introduced into the American diet in the early 1900s. And now they were originally used actually by Procter and Gamble in the 1870s. And it was in the soap making process. So they were creating this new type of soap from unwanted vegetable oils. The oil was chemically altered versus through this process called hydronation to turn it into this solid cooking fat that resembled lard. So like I was saying, they're originally going to use it to make soap. And they were like, oh, we could make this cooking oil. So they called their new cooking oil Crisco, which came to market early in the 1900s. And then the rest is history from there. So back in the 1900s, you can imagine um, less government intervention than we have now, which is still very little. They were, the health claims on food packaging were entirely unregulated. The FDA and all of those like New Deal era uh, proposals by FDR and like increasing the size of government agencies hadn't existed. So food marketing was like extremely unregulated and it became much more regulated, especially after the world wars. When you think about packaging food and disease and like making sure people aren't dying from canned foods. Like we did that episode about like the history of your favorite like canned fermented foods. So copywriters were saying that like now it's kind of shifting gear on the food marketing, at least, and saying that things like cottonseed oil were healthier than animal fats for digestion. So everyone should switch over and go buy these things. And so as you can imagine, like the soybeans were introduced into the American diet in the 1930s. And by the 1950s, that became the premier, like most popular vegetable oil. But it was the low cost of these cooking oils and the strategic marketing on behalf of the oil manufacturers that really got these things to be wildly popular in America. And American kitchens like have these and restaurants have these and um, things like canola, corn and safflower oil came to be popular a little bit after, but it all started off with Crisco and like all of this marketing around like this is going to replace animal fat. It's so much better for you. So when you hear in like health podcasts about like vegetable seed oils are going to inflame you, it's because it was something called poofas, <laughs> poofas, um, which are polyunsaturated fats. So if you want to think about like saturated, monosaturated, polysaturated fats, 
PUFAs are very unstable and they can cause oxidation in the body and vegetable oils contain a very high amount of them. So the breakdown of like the cellular process is when that our cells oxidize, they age and die, which leads to inflammation and mutation. So that's what's going to really lead to things like cancer, heart disease, endometriosis. And that's kind of how like vegetable oils are thought to be a huge um, factor leading to inflammation. And another thing is that vegetable oils, it's not a natural process to make these. So like I was talking about extra virgin olive oil earlier, how that was produced. Rape seeds, for example, must be refined, bleached and deodorized. So you're really like putting a lot of, you know, robots and human hands in the process, which is not necessarily bad, but it's just like not entirely a natural thing. And then also these seeds are often processed with a petroleum-based solvent to extract the oil. The seeds are heated to an extremely high temperature, which causes like the unsaturated fatty acids to oxidize. So that's what's creating these byproducts that are then going to be harmful to you and like animal health as well. Industrial seeds oil also raise our omega-3 to omega-6 to omega-3 fatty acid ratio. We often talk about that, like we did in the female hormones episode about like why chia seeds, flax seeds, and we get into seed cycling there. Um, so industrial seeds oil really like upset that balance, which is like for optimal health, you should have like a clear like ratio between the two. And they're also oftentimes seed oils are derived from GMO crops. So 90% of these come from conventional soybean, corn, and cotton, uh, when they are grown from GMO seeds. So like, you're not getting the most pure product, even if you're like, whatever, I don't care about the process of it. It's still coming from GMO crops and you can't really control that. So that's kind of like how I would say the benefit or like the downsides of eating seed oil and how have they become so prominent, right? Like that's kind of the area where I was most interested is like, why, if we all know that they're not, let's say like, quote, good for you, why are we all consuming them? And that gets into the money, like always follow the money with like why society is the way it is. So in the late 1940s, a small group of cardiologists who were members of the American Heart Association, they received a $1.5 million donation from Procter & Gamble. Those are the soap guys. So (laughs) thanks to this infusion of cash from the makers of Crisco, the American Heart Association now had enough funding to grow its national profile as a physician's organization dedicated to heart health. So they're out there like trying to give everyone the best cures to heart disease and, and cardiovascular disease. Meanwhile, they're sitting on like lumps of cash from the founders of Crisco. You bet you can like think about what they're going to promote. So they were very quick to endorse industrial seed oils, mostly like referred to now as vegetable oils as like this healthier alternative to animal fats. The AHA was like the main um, group that led the war on saturated fats because they claimed that Crisco was this alternative. And it actually led to a lot of like initiatives changing when it comes to government. So the dietary guidelines for American, which come out every single year, started to denounce fats and saturated fats. Like I was saying before, like coconut oil used to get a huge bad rap because it was so high in saturated fat. Um, the the center for science in the public interest also recommended that Americans like switch over to hydroxinated oils versus saturated fats. But slowly over time, like, as you can imagine, the, the tides have changed. And in the 1990s, like the public finally learned that like Crisco was made from 50% trans fats, which actually doubled the risk of heart disease um, because of the trans fat calories. And it was responsible for about like 100,000 deaths in the 1990s. So people started to learn that, wait, maybe we should not eat these oils. But for a while, they were the predominant like oil on the market, I would say. And the next kind of oil that you've probably heard about is palm oil. Um, a lot of like chocolate brands like put like put on their bar that were palm oil free or what's that one peanut butter brand that uses palm oil is it Justin's maybe yeah it's so weird actually I've noticed that like 
yeah, a lot of, you know, quote unquote healthy, like nut butters that I'll see like health stores always have like some sort of like palm oil added or just like even, yeah, like a lot of like health foods have palm oil. And I've noticed now that there's like some brands that have been using quote unquote, like sustainably sourced palm oil. Yeah. And kind of getting into that, like someone asked in Geneva what the hell certified palm oil is, which I agree. So overall, palm oil is a vegetable oil. It's made from the fruit of oil palm trees. It typically comes from West Africa or Southeast Asia. And overall, like the palm oil industry has been a disaster for world's forests, wildfire, climate, also labor, really bad like wage um, and working conditions for those that are like extracting the oil from the palm trees. And palm oil is typically grown in countries like Indonesia and Malaysia, and they're tropical countries that obviously have like that similar animal, animal population and rainforest. So a lot of like tigers, orangutans, and other species are going endangered due to the way that palm oil is being harvested. And so I feel like there's a huge public campaign kind of talking about like, kind of like how like everyone's like, oh, SeaWorld is bad, like palm oil is bad kind of became the thing. So in 2004, the palm oil industry actually set up this round table of their own members called like the round table on sustainable palm oil to kind of like address the public relations crisis that like was coming at their industry. And they said that all of their palm oils have to be certified sustainable and Brands that use their palm oil had to like have this now like label. But the problem is that like they created their own certification. So like how efficacious is it if it's like a bunch of dudes that are already in the dirty business, just like putting on a label to like claim that it's not bad. Um, So even some of like the biggest palm oil brands that promised to like, they made these like national pledges that we're going to protect the forest. We're going to change our practices and clean up the palm oil industry by 2020 that's already happened. Like 2020 has already happened and companies are like miles away from ending deforestation that they've contributed to with palm oil. So I would say from like an ethical standpoint, at least for me, I don't really like buy palm oil um, or like want to contribute to that industry, though there is this kind of like pseudo like certified palm oil certification thing now. Mm -hmm. And I think to round out the podcast, just kind of like touching on why you should eat oils and fats and also just like the dangers of restricting them just because again I think this can be like a huge area where if you have experienced eating disorder and even if you haven't I've just like I've talked to like people just in like my general circles who haven't you know actually been like diagnosed with like an eating disorder but like have you know mentioned that like oh yeah sometimes like I freak out about like consuming oil or like cooking with them or like eating like super high fat foods which I think like is obviously like fair because we live in a society where it's like you know we're scared to like eat a lot or like you know be a certain body type, et cetera. Um, but I think like, if you guys listen to the entire episode, you obviously probably heard that there are many health benefits of having oils in your diet. And it's not like something where it's like, you have to be consuming like a fourth cup a day, just like, yeah. you know, a little drizzle here and there. But again, like one of the three main, like fats are one of the three main macronutrients that our body needs to like function and live. And so again, we've touched on this like in many episodes before, but like cutting out one major food group is going to have so many damaging effects for you because again, everything is kind of like a spider web. It all connects in a certain way. And if you cut out one, you know, food group, you're going to not be able to obtain like the certain like nutrients and like vitamins and minerals and, um, from a lot of foods that you're like not consuming. And, you know, the purpose of fat for our body really is for the growth and development, energy, vitamin absorption, protection of our organs and maintaining cell membranes. So, you know, if you eat a salad and you're using some like fake skinny, like, you know, salad dressing that has no oil and you're not adding like nuts and seeds, you're not even going to be really like, you know, obtaining any of those like nutrients. So it's kind of like pointless to like eat the salad almost. Um, 
and also especially for women you know since we do have a re reproductive system and everything and like we like need to have a you know a normal period it can cause hormonal imbalances such as a loss of period if you are not consuming enough fat it can also compromise heart health and poor brain function it can also like cause you actually to be more hungry because you know fat is a very like satiating food um so i think it's just yeah like you know everyone is you know on their own path you know recovery isn't linear but i think you know finding a fat source that you do enjoy and feel comfortable with and then like slowly incorporating you know other varieties here and there i think like nuts and seeds are an easy way to get into like eating fats or like you know having like a nut butter and then bringing like oils into your diet but i do think that again it is just like important to eat like a well-balanced diet that includes all you know all the food groups and like cutting it out cutting something out just because like you might think like oh yeah i'm doing good because i'm like you know not eating x amount of calories now it will like have like you know serious side effects down the road which you do not want no so kiss all of those oil-free banana bread recipes down the toilet flush <laughs> them down the drain they, they're not gonna bake so put some oil when you bake the next time Stop with the bullshit. Stop cooking your vegetables in water. <laughs> we all been there. Amen. Yeah. Amen to that one. <laughs> Stop suffering. Um, yeah. Baby steps. I think everyone, like I was trying to articulate before, like fear foods are just going to be like, that's a habit. You know, you could have a new food, fear food tomorrow. So if oil's your fear food, like slowly try to introduce it and just rethink about like why that's your mental trigger. Like, why is it triggering you? Like, what does it make you think about your body and your lifestyle and your, your um, own value of yourself and like realize how like silly that is, you know? Um, but again, very difficult to do. Um, but that's the, that's the show title pending. We will think of, uh, I'll put my brain to work and think of the fun title. Yes. That but is the show. We have our live pod on Saturday, which means Emma and I don't really have to do a shot this week. That's crazy dog. I know I'm excited. We need to like figure out what we're going to say for our live podcast recording. Someone was asking me if I was nervous and I was like, honestly, no, I enjoy public speaking. And also it's like, I feel like a lot of people that are going to come, it'll be fun because I feel like we've probably have already met a lot of people from the yeah. meetups. So it's just going to be like all of us hanging and having fun. And you guys just could hear us blab about random health stuff. I'm going to be more scared because I think like the founders of Alchemist Kitchen are like old people. Like I went on the phone, I've been on the phone with them like multiple times to like organize stuff. And then like the Ruby people are like cool. Um, but I'm more like, they have not really heard us probably I'm imagining. Like they kind of said yes to us and I don't know if they've listened to the pod. So like, if I say the word bullshit, are they going to be like, oh, not in this sacred home? Like, I don't know how like they're going to receive that, but our, our podcast is called what the fuck is SEMA. So I do hope they like get the tone a little bit. Yeah, very true. Um, also, if you haven't gotten merch again, the website is still up. So you Once again, merch is, the, merch is in November because November is the best month. Exactly. So the rest so once, of November, once November is over, no merch. Say goodbye to merch. <laughs> yeah, literally like that. We're having merch in November because merch, because November mm -hmm. is our month, our month to shine. Well, I'm going to get in my hippie shit and cook from the moon juice cookbook. I'm going to go buy some horny goat weed, baby. Yeah. Are you going to make some horny goat weed brownies or something? I don't know. So she's like Amanda, Chantelle Bacon, if you're listening, I know you, I know you know who you are. I know, you know, I've heard, I've been on calls with people that work at moon juice and they say, Amanda loves our memes. So shout out Amanda. Um, yeah. She has like a few different recipes, like banana bread. I've obviously made banana bread in my day. She has this like 
bread. It's like thick bread. They post it on their Instagram as well. And then there's like a horny goat weed brownie thing. So debating, I'm still thinking, um, you have any fun food plan for today? Fun food plans for today. No, I tried to find mackerel. Couldn't, couldn't find it again. It was, it's, it's truly just a joke at this point. Whenever I, whenever I turn that corner to the fish <laughs> section and the whole foods Bowery location, I'm like, I know it's not going to be there, but I'm still going to look. They have sardines. Look at me like I'm the lost cause. They have they have sardines for days, and like literally, I just like sigh. Like I just like take the biggest sigh whenever I just don't see the mackerel. Um, but I was like trying to, you know, I did the self checkout as as one always does, and I was getting pomegranate seeds, but they weren't ringing up. And the lady was like, "Yeah, fuck these. They like aren't working." She's like, "Just take them." And I was like, "Tight. I'll take the pomegranate seeds for free." That's like you know seven dollars right there that I saved, but. You know, for food moments, no, I'm going to just like stick to my roots today Um, since yeah. I went batshit crazy yesterday, but I'm going to, you know, pump some iron, lift some dumbbells at the gym and you inspire me to get watermelon calm at lifetime. I was going to call it lifey, but I was like, mm, that's cringe. So maybe you'll pick that up. Go to health and harmony. They have so much macro. Oh, you know what? That that's going to be my day today. Yep. Happy to help. Happy to be your assistant here. Your routine. Thank you, bestie. I don't know what I would do without you. Yeah, clearly. I'm going to go to duels and get the horny goat weed because I know they have it. And then I'm going to go to Chinatown and like look for a baking tin because I have this tiny as fuck one. And it's like been pissing me off for four years of my life. And I'm like, Kate, let's just grow up and get a new one. Come on. That was me with socks. I finally like grew up and like bought new socks because I was wearing the same ones that all had holes in them. I was like, Emma, you deserve, you deserve new socks. Yeah. I deserve like dry shampoo. Like there's some stuff I deprive myself up and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? So I know proud of us for growing up. We're almost 23 babes. So woo. thank God. Thank God. <laughs> okay. Have a good rest of your Sunday. Thanks for listening. See you girlies. We love you. Bye.